Hi, I'm Casey Jackson. I'm Miles Rogers, and this is Show Stories, produced by the Hive Mind Collective. It's a podcast about all things local music. Great stories from shows past. And promoting bands, musicians, artists, and producers that are making music in your community. And now, here's Show Stories. Hey everybody, welcome to episode two of Show Stories. I'm your producer, Casey Jackson, and this week we're going to be talking more with Miles Rogers, this time some more Take the Fall stories, and also he's going to be telling us about going on tour with Vampires Everywhere. Later in the podcast, I've got an interview from back in October with Slaves. I was lucky enough to let them use my practice space when they were in town for a show. One of my best friends, Weston Richmond, is our guitar player. They met up with me in their green room before the show, talked to me about some of the crazy venues that they played all around the world. First, here's Miles. Hot mic. Uh, Olympus High School. Um, I graduated in 05 prior to graduating. Uh, Albany was an indie band I played in. Um, Robbie Pack, Chris Johnson, Jordan Badger. Jordan Badger played for Special Edward, who we... Okay, yeah. We'll speak about at some point. Um, my senior year, uh, I was walking through the hall and saw this kid, and we had heard that we were both not in bands. He had heard I got kicked out of that band, Albany, kicked out again. Huh? <laughs> uh, and we kind of high-fived, and we're like, hey, let's play together. And that day, we met up in his basement and started jamming, and... Uh, the Lethal West was born. Um, I was CJ Coop. I really like that band name, by the it, way. Sorry, th- th- no, thank you. I love that. I, <laughs> that's, I, like I, my that's a great thing to interrupt <laughs> me for. Um, I really like that band name, too. I've always loved that band name. Um, he probably came up with it. I, I, I would love to think that I did, but it's been so long. And he was a really creative dude, so I'm guessing it was him. He uh, plays for a band now, still, called uh, Racist Kramer. Okay. He's the singer. He's uh, he's and he's doing his own producing and, and recording and whatnot. He's a good dude. Love you, CJ. If you ever listen to this. Um. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, with that band, uh, we we did like the high school battle of the bands and won uh, quotations around the word one because uh, uh, we had CJ's older brother there who had just recently graduated with all of his friends and. They got the whole crowd to chant one more song after we played our one allotted song, and so we just did it. And they cut us off, like, like pretty much they let us play the whole song pretty much, you know. But they disqualified us because we played two songs, and so we got second place. So, like, even though we were quote-unquote disqualified, they knew that they would blow the roof off the place. So. I remember I played one battle of the bands and Those are never again. <laughs> no, dude. I mean, that was my only one. It was a high school one, and so I, I figured we were pretty safe. I, I knew the other bands that were there. and That's not true either. We played a couple, so I can't yeah. really say that. But there's just, like... Sometimes there's just some weird politics that go along with those types oh, totally. of shows. Oh, totally. I mean, it's like a... I, I remember that way back in the day, you know, when those... I feel like Battle of the Bands don't even happen anymore, but, like, do you remember Some Dudes Playground? Yes. Yeah, bro, when they had oh bands at Some Dudes by, by Cottonwood Mall, that show was the jam. I saw a couple of Battle of the Bands kicking the pants played at Battle of the Bands there. That was... We played a regular show there with End of Story, one of my bands. So I don't think I played a Battle of the Bands there, but... Yeah. yeah. Oh, you played a regular yeah, show at just... that Some Dudes? Yeah. It's the one right by Cottonwood Mall? 
No, it was when it was out in West Jordan. It was off of, like, Redwood and 80th. I find it weird that, like, I thought that was just a situational thing, like, that they could do shows there because, oh, there was also a stage in this building where we were doing a Some Dude's Playground, but I guess they did shows at Some Dude's Playground a lot. That seems odd to me. I like that. I just remember, like, all the little kids having their birthday party come running over (laughs) because we were playing live music. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. that, That would be a... A part of it for sure. I went to man, those were my very, very first shows. <laughs> no man, I think the Junction. I think I think maybe I didn't I even go to one of those shows. Uh, but but <clears throat> that the Junction by the Conwood Mall. Um, I went to lots of lots of good shows there. I went to a Homegrown and Riddlin' Kids by myself because um, none of my friends cared, and like I didn't know anybody at the show. It was like one of the weirdest situations. So like I went to the show and didn't know anybody. But I loved Riddle and Kids, and I loved Homegrown for some reason. No, for some reason I loved Riddle and Kids. <laughs> I also loved Homegrown. They were kind of Homegrown was kind of cheesy too, but um, still good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's there's a few catchy ones for sure. Uh, back on track. Um, high school battle the bands. Uh, we won. Technically, didn't win. Whatever. Um, but <clears throat> that was the year I graduated. Uh, after I graduated, uh, CJ and I, and uh, a dude from one of the other bands in the battle of the bands we saw him and was like we're like hey come play with us you're pretty rad uh james farnsworth and uh he was instrumental in that band progressing because he had pro tools and all the mics and he could do everything we already had a studio at our disposal but we didn't really know pro pro tools but he knew pro tools so there you go all of a sudden we could actually record so um we got a 10 10 songs just I mean, the the songs we've been playing since the jump and then um, put it together and, you know, took the photos and printed out everything on photo paper and, like, we made, like, a hundred for a CD release show. It was good. It was a lot of fun. I I wish we had done more with that, but, I mean, we were... I was 18, you know, we were limited. We pull a couple hundred bucks together and buy a bunch of photo paper, you know what I mean? So It's crazy. Also, like with the internet now, the availability, you pull a couple hundred bucks together and you can place an order to get some actual printed yeah. nice CDs and mailed to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's crazy. Day and age, just kids. Super wild. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I so um, as summer after I graduated, 05, uh, CJ, um, oh yeah, we were just jamming and um, Lauren got in touch with me and told me he was quitting Take the Fall. And uh, I was bummed about that because I liked him being in that band. He was a good homie of mine, and I loved that. Um, but they had gone through so many good second guitar players um, in such a short period of time that it was just kind of a natural. Oh, okay. So Lauren's gone. Who's next? Okay. Um, Dan McAllister played bass, but also guitar. He like originally played guitar, but like he had been playing bass for bands and. Um, Oh, he was, he was actually playing the current bass player for Take the Fall at the time. So he was playing ta- bass for Take the Fall. He decided to move over to, guitar, over to guitar, and then they asked me to come play bass, which was, like, the coolest thing to me because I loved that band at the time. You know, that Love was a Battlefield record came out, and I was it's the only thing in my CD player for <laughs> most of my year, senior year of high school. Um, super stoked to be um, asked to be a part of that. And so, yeah. We had a space at Positively. I, I left uh, the Lead the West, and they um, acquired a new bass player named Walt. He plays local music still. He's the singer of Tiger Fang now. 
Okay. But he started playing bass for the Lethal West at that point, and they did a record called Starting Over, I think. And then, um, at, so I <clears throat> started jamming with Take the Fall. We got a practice bass at Positively 4th Street. Super rad. It's like there was like a loft in there. It was like a super tall room with a super high ceiling. Okay. And right as you walked in, there was like a like a little step ladder that led up to a loft. And so, yeah, I mean, it's bad. practically lived there for like two and a half, three years. Like we would just jam every single day and wrote a bunch of new Take the Fall songs. And like, I don't know, I mean, the goal was to, you know, get on the road and get recording. And oh, the goal should have been to record and get that all finalized. And we didn't get it finalized. We just kind of, um, we recorded a bunch with Matt Weiniger and, uh, kind of left a bunch of songs just raw, you know what I mean? Like six and a half minutes, so we hadn't cut them down yet and w weren't really mixed and, and <clears throat> we had easily enough for a full record, but we just didn't didn't really do it. I just noticed there's so many people, that have bands here that have been recorded by Weiniger. It oh, totally. Be, it'd be interesting to get like a run of like questionnaires to Shit. different musicians I'll about Weiniger. I'll give him a call and we'll get him on this, <laughs> okay, bro. Okay, for sure. Yo, let's, do like, that. let's get some slider stories and some some recording with Primus stories. That would be sick. That would be sick. Anyway, back back. Anyway, to um, no, totally. I I love it. Matt Weiniger's great. He's he's uh, definitely a staple of Salt Lake music, and and he didn't need to be. You know what I mean? He yeah. made himself a staple of Salt Lake music because he just came back here and and kept his amazing talents in the valley, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Recording out of his mom's house for so many years, it was so tight, it just smells like cat piss. <laughs> Love you, Matt. Yeah, so we uh, at, the, at that time, we just had a bunch of, you know, enough songs for a record, we didn't really have a lot of direction. Austin was kind of having his own problems, and um, we, uh, that's when Bert left. So that's when Chris Alder got a cool opportunity, like a, a band sponsorship, build a band, and so go get some good musicians, and they all bought brand new gear, and um, went to this, they went to Weiniger and recorded with Weiniger. They wrote a really uh, a good song. The band was called Murray. Um, they wrote a really good song that actually like hit X96 and got a lot of play on X96. Wow. Super hard. It's called Celery Stick. It was a good song. I can show you later. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, so... They were doing that, and um, we were kind of lost. We did the five-piece uh, Take the Fall for a little while with um, Steve Beck and with Matt Enright. So Austin was just singing. It was oh, wow. We didn't have a guitar. I have a couple pictures on my background. It's funny. They scroll through, and I just see Austin dancing with a microphone. <laughs> and it's, it's the funniest. I love it. So while playing for I Am The Ocean, Adam from I Am The Ocean started playing for Get Scared. And so Adam was, was playing second guitar for them, and that was, I mean, an amazing opportunity. I, the kind of opportunity I, I, we all wanted, you know what I mean? And he was just like, I mean, of course, I'm 100% about I Am The Ocean. Like, that's my, that's my dream band. That's my band. I'm just doing this because, you know, I can help spread the word with I Am The Ocean. And I mean, naturally, you lose focus with I Am The Ocean because you're doing so many things with Get Scared, and, and you're all like a whole new set. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you writing a new record okay, and yeah, do, well, do all of Warped Tour and you know what I mean? So he, he was he was just gone. You know what I mean? Pretty, pretty, uh, for, for a little bit. And and I mean, he was there. When he came home, we, we played I Am The Ocean shows hard. We'd practice all the time. It was, he was very present for us when he was in the Valley. But um, 
uh, yeah, he was, you know, gone a lot. So um, while he was gone, uh, one of the bands we had toured with in I Am The Ocean was a band called Trances. The only band we toured with, I toured with in I Am The Ocean. Um, we did the tour after we did the record overhead. Um, <clears throat> we toured with a band called Trances. The singer of Trances is Jordan Blake. He uh, was like one of the first singers of Skylet Drive. Um, the singer of Watch Out, There's Ghosts. He had a lot of just like, you know, flash in the pan bands. That, you know, they were they got some notoriety. People know who he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Joey Moser, our homie Joey, and uh, DJ Motherfucking Black, <laughs> my brother. Um, uh, at this point, he wasn't. But uh, DJ um, hit up Drew because he was playing for a band called Vampires Everywhere in Los Angeles. Um, glam, vampire, like goth rock, you know what I mean? Wearing the makeup and all black and hair. My, my beautiful blonde hair was dyed black. <laughs> it was <clears throat> it was wild. Um, so DJ calls uh, Drew and says, I need a bass player for a couple tours that we have coming up. And Drew, I think he just wanted to see me in the eyeliner. But he, <laughs> uh, call, he just goes... Um, yeah, this is my bass player's number. We're not doing a lot right now because Adam's doing Get Scared. So, um, and at the time, Drew, I, Drew and um, Taylor were doing a band called Settle Down with former members of I Am The Ocean. It was, I, I was the ocean. It was <laughs> made up of former and current members of I Am The Ocean. Um, anyway, Settle Down was sick, dude. They were super sick. They, wow. they still jam some of their songs. Um, but yeah, just flashing the van for a quick second, and then they were gone. So uh, <coughs> Drew sends, he gave DJ my phone number, sends me a text and goes, I'm sending something your way. You should probably do it. He was like involved in like nonprofits at the time. So I'm thinking it's like some petition he wants me to sign or whatever. I'm like, cool, uh, I'll sign it for sure. How about it? <laughs> yeah, whatever. And then uh, I get a text message from a California number 209 number. Hey, is this Miles? And I'm like, yep. He goes, this is DJ. I don't know if you remember me. I played for Trances. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, he was like the wonder kid, like so good at the guitar. And everybody was just talking about that. that my exposure to who he was, was um, was he was just this wonder kid at the guitar, so good at the guitar. And uh, we, like, we broke down the first time on this tour. We had a bottle of wine, and, and we didn't have a wine. So we were trying to get into the bottle of wine. Uh -huh. And we were like, they were like, just push the cork in. And I'm like, oh, fuck, push the cork in. Like, <laughs> it's solid, man. It's not going in there. Uh, we ended up, like, we got a steak knife or something somehow, like, at this venue. It was this, oh, dude, where was the venue? It was, like, San Diego or something. It was a super, super nice venue. Anyway, we, we like, cut the wine cork in half. And, like, sh then it shoved down in. And so we were, like, it was still half corked. <laughs> we were just drinking out of what we could. And me and DJ got drunk off this bottle of wine and just became bros. You know what I mean? Perfect. So he's like, he's like, do you remember? And I was like, oh, yeah, dude, I remember, whatever. So he's like, um, I have this tour that I'm going on. Do you know the band Orgy? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> song's called Blue Monday. That's the song that was, like, their big. And then they had another one called, I think it was an original called Stitches. Yes. Right? Yep. Was yes. that that was an original? Mm -hmm. So those were the two songs I can remember. And like tuned yeah. in digital, I love that song. Too. Oh really? Oh, the yeah. orgy song? Yes. Oh Ty. Okay. Okay. You know what's up? You would have you would have dug the tour then. Yes. Orgy. It was sick. It was funny. Like I was I I didn't know didn't know orgy for shit. You know what I mean? Like so I had like the the what Family Values uh, CDs. You know what I mean? Like yes. the Family Values ninety seven ninety eight mm -hmm. CDs. 
with so, Gordon Romstein. Exactly, because okay. that, that's who I was listening to. But also, that was on the CD, so like you would you would catch it when you're riding your skateboard, listening to your disc man. Uh, that, that was the only orgy experience I had had. I hadn't heard anything from Vampires Everywhere. So DJ like sent me it, and it was just different than anything I'd ever done. <laughs> Obviously, I was just yeah. like, uh, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I mean, it was an opportunity to get on the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just uh, ready to jump at that. Playing music. Yep, exactly. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I said yes. I kind of figured out how to work it out with um, my work. What I was, I was working at a pizza place in Sugar House. So they were cool about like, yeah, go for a couple months and then you can come back. And that was the biggest thing that helped, you know what I mean? Because sure. the thing that was tough in my early 20s trying to tour was not having a job when I came home. You know what I mean? So it's like my parents just see me as a bum, you know what I mean? Like just sitting around for, for a week and then all of a sudden I'm taken off <laughs> and I need some money <laughs> or else I'm going to starve, you know what I mean? So, um, But uh, they were really patient with me and really awesome. I love my parents. Left my work, got on a plane, left my girlfriend. She was pissed. I left We I left on her birthday. She was way mad. Um, flew to LA. How does that always happen? Yeah, I don't know. How. It literally, like, he's like, okay, we booked your flight for February 19th. And she's like, are no, you, you serious? Like, and she, she wasn't mad at me because obviously they didn't know. Book flight, get out there. It's crazy. Got to DJ's house, and it's like this little tiny, like, it's a two-bedroom that they share with this chick. But it's like... It's like 1800 bucks a month for this, like, tiny, like, it's, like, probably the size of my room in here. Like, very, very small little room. So they had DJ and his girlfriend Zelda and then this girl living there, and then all of a sudden I'm there, so it's just extra space. It was hot. It was Los Angeles, you know what I mean? But we were in WeHo, you know what I mean? 100 feet away from uh, Grandma's Chinese Theater, like, super sick, West Hollywood. So... It was it was a cool. You were right right in it. You know what I mean. Celebrities go in the same grocery store as you. You know what I mean. I got to the tour started on March fifth, but I got to Los Angeles early because they got to teach me. Every, I mean, obviously I learned all the songs at home, so that I knew I wasn't going in black. And then DJ kind of sat down with me the first night, and then the next day we had a morning jam at this place called Swing House. Swing House is a place. It's kind of like positively or downtown, but it's a place that you rent out by the hour, not by the month. Oh, okay. And it's like 250 bucks an hour. Damn. Yeah. But like Aerosmith practices okay. there to get ready for a tour. So like, super nice. yeah, super nice. The biggest room is the one Aerosmith always uses, and we had the biggest room for the first two days. So <laughs> I'm literally standing on the ground where Steven Tyler gets ready for tour. Just like, this is amazing. You know what I mean? Just Look like at Steven Tyler sweat. Literally, dude. Like, I'm going to lick the floor really <laughs> quick and get some of that, some of that sex power. That was really cool. That was a really cool experience. And, like, so we, like, the gear would be in storage, get the gear out of storage, get it over to Swing House, and then we'd rent, like, storage areas at Swing House, practice, pull it out of the storage area, jam in the room, pull it back in there when our, you know, two hours or three hours was done, and, uh, and dip. So, got ready for tour. Um, first night of tour. We're, so we, we, uh, we were touring in a bandwagon. It's like a size down from a full bus. It's like a semi-truck with a living quarters on the back of it, essentially. Um, 65 miles an hour, they're governored. All of them are governored. The, the company is actually called Bandwagon. Um, but they're, they're made for band living. You know what I mean? They're, they're six bunks in the back and then one, bug, one big bunk in the front. 
So you, I mean, you can, and then a bunk up front by the driver, so you can sleep eight, and uh, and then just like a little living quarters with a little like a you know fucking forty inch flat screen TV and cable and shit, and then like fridge and that was great, dude. It was it was wild. Awesome. You had a root generator running all the time, yeah. so it's like you're always in the background. <laughs> you're always hearing it. Um, but uh, that was that was it was. So, so Chad has to, Chad's our driver. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from the Midwest. We fly him to where the bandwagons are. It's like it's also somewhere in the Midwest. Then he picks up the bandwagon and drives it in the trailer across the country to Los Angeles to pick us up. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we have all the gear in Swing House. Tour is supposed to start um, March 5th, I believe. I mean, maybe it's March 3rd. Anyways, right around there. Um, it is the night before, so we're ready. We're rehearsed. We're ready to go on tour. Um, they got me all vampired up with my makeup and shit. They taught me how to do it. Uh, hair was dyed black at that point. Um, yeah, I showed up to Los Angeles. I had all these colored clothing <laughs> and, like, blue jeans. Yeah. And DJ's like, you can't wear any of that. And I'm like, well, what do you... What do you? He's like, Michael, just he just won't have it. So, like... We're a goth crew. We're a goth band. You dress goth. Dress you know what I mean? Man. Dress the part. Do the thing. And I got it. And I like I, back then I wasn't tattooed, so I was very like okay. you know less less looking like I should be there. Um, I ended up like getting like grandpa socks and like shredding holes in them mm-hmm. and wearing them as sleeves for the whole time I was on tour with the band because like it it looked way tougher. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than you know just having bare clean arms, Michael <laughs> would make fun of me. Um, anyway, so. Uh, Chad's our driver. Chad drives cross country to Los Angeles to pick us up. Where the night before, he tells us, yo, I'm like two hours out. It's 11 o'clock at night. And it's like, okay, so we either need to lock our shit up in Swing House and we can't leave until 8 o'clock the next morning. Or be when they when they reopen and we can get our shit back out. Or we can pull all of our shit out, pull it onto the street and wait for Chad. You know what I mean? It's Los Angeles, but like, it's a really nice part of Los Angeles, and we're, you know, five able-bodied, yeah. <laughs> tough-ish dudes, black hair, makeup, people probably trying to avoid us, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we, we were just like, should we do it? You know what I mean? And we're fucking, you know, why not? Let's fucking do it. <laughs> so we just pulled all the gear out, literally just pulled it, dragged it onto the sidewalk. Oh, wow. And... Uh, you just got amps, like everything's in road cases. Yeah. Just amps, fucking guitars, like merch and shit. Just everything, just literally in the middle of the road. Oh my god! Chad shows up at seven a.m. Oh my god! Between no, I think it was even later. It was probably more like eight, because no, it was after eight. Because the what ultimately ended up happening was, yeah, we could have left it in there, mm-hmm. and then we still would have left it toward the same. For, so uh, between the 11 o'clock and 8 o'clock in the morning. It's March 3rd. And I'm, like, in a hoodie. Oh. We're sleeping on the fucking street. So you're freezing your We're ass all off. freezing our asses oh off. Oh, my God. DJ, DJ's... Not really vampires. No, exactly, dude. <laughs> so DJ's house was not too far away, so he went home for a little bit and got some stuff, but he toughed it out and, like, came back with us. And then um, he went home later. He was just like, I'm going home to sleep with my girlfriend. You guys tough it out. I was like, all right, you're a dick. But, I mean, it's whatever. I was out there. I loved the opportunity to be out there. It was kind of a funny thing. I made a fort 
like neck like so I put two of the road amp like wheeled road amps next yeah. to each other. We were up against this wall that was like covered in vines, right? Okay. I probably had bugs crawling on me, whatever. So I like set up a little like I was sitting on something, leaning up against the vines, and then an amp on either side of me, and then I had a fucking bass leaned up against me, <laughs> just blocking me. So I had a little fucking spot that I could tuck in there and just kind of get some warm air, dude. It was. It was one of the longest nights of my yeah, whole life, that dude. Because like we didn't sleep, you know what I mean? You like yeah. you'd kind of doze off and wake up. You're like, I'm on the fucking street in Los Angeles, like trying to, you know what I mean? Like we'd take turns, fucking. Hey, I'm. You can sleep for a little while. I'm gonna fucking sit right here. You know what I mean? And so like I don't know, get drunk a little bit, you know, just smoking cigarettes all night. On the streets of Los Angeles, <laughs> Chad shows up at eight o'clock in the morning. It was not a good way to get on tour with yeah. like uh, it was a bad we got on a, on a bad foot with him because we were just fucking all night cursing his name super pissed yeah. Goddamn fucking chad where the fuck is chad there wasn't like it was some sort of eta he could have sent you well, so he like... eta'd us and told us two hours so we pulled the pulled the trigger oh, on that, it that would be why you pulled the trigger so we pulled the trigger yeah, okay. on it and then and then he was just like he just like, yeah, I'm about an hour out. And so like we'd call him in an hour, and he's like, yeah, I'm about an hour out. Lies. He was literally. What's the point of that? I, what is the point of that? I don't know. Like, I don't By the third time, we're like, okay, Chad, tell us where the fuck you really are. Because you keep saying you're an hour out. Tell us where you are right now so we know when to expect you. I think that time he's like, probably about 8, man. Probably about 8.30. Oh my God. <laughs> so like he would. And, live and the thing is, is he would have. If, if he had, I, he probably stopped off to go to sleep for a second because if he would have pushed it, he wouldn't have hit Los Angeles morning traffic. But he hit Los Angeles morning traffic with a bandwagon and a trailer. So it was crazy. It was a, it was a crazy way to get tour started. But that was a, a really, really long tour. I think it was like 40 shows or 45 shows. Wow. It, um, one every night? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, pretty much we had like one day off a week, two days off a week sometimes. Hmm. Um, uh, we started in Phoenix and then just cut across the south through Texas, uh, Louisiana, Georgia, Alabama, um, Mississippi. Uh, just trying to remember what else was down there. Hit Florida, played four shows in Florida, and then rolled up the coast uh, all the way up as far as like New Jersey and like um, New York, obviously. Um, New York was really sick. We played at a place called Webster Hall. Um, it was all. Was it all headlining the whole time? No, so orgies. So the whole thing oh, was orgy. orgy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the whole thing was like sense. orgies rebirth. So no, you're totally fine. The whole thing was orgies rebirth. They were gonna try to like re reattack the goth yeah. scene, thinking goth was gonna come back, which I feel like it kind of has in a lot of aspects. Mm -hmm. But um, it, they 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 didn't hit it hard enough. You know what I mean? They did the one tour, and then I never heard anything about them again. They should have done a couple. You know should've what I mean? Done a new album. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and I mean that was that was the other thing is they didn't have any new material to share on the road. It was like he had like one or two new ones, and then it was the old classics. They got encored in a town and played the, the Blue Mondays <laughs> for a second time. It was crazy. See, man, I really liked it. was electronic stuff, but it was baking fucking hard. <clears throat> it was, no, it was heavy. Yeah, no, it was he hella that's heavy. That's what I liked about it. And, and, and that was why they had two goth bands opening for him. They had uh, this band called Davy Suicide, which is, I mean, Davy was like his own thing, and then he would hire a band to come on with him. Um, but, uh, like, one of the the bass player ended up taking over for me and Vampires. He lived in Los Angeles, and so he's just, he was a goth dude, and he ends up fucking, hey, that'll work. Cool. Come play for me. 
So anyway, um, Davy Suicide opened, and we were we were main support, and then Orgy every night. Okay. And so you'd have a couple of locals probably before, and then that's how the show would go. Um, super super fun. I liked being main support because because you could get it done and then get you know have the rest of your night, enjoy your night, have a few drinks. You know what I mean? Like watch Orgy play for the fortieth time. It it was it was good. Um, met a lot of people, man. Met a lot of cool people. Made a lot of cool connections. Have a few from from touring then. You know, a few friends in New York, a few friends in Florida. Um, uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I stuck stuck with friends from New York and Florida. That they were, we we hit um, Florida. We hit only once. We hit New York twice. We played the same place twice. Webster Hall. Um, that place was cool. It, it, they literally blocked off the front um, of the venue for our buses. <laughs> so it was like you had two, you know. In Philadelphia, we, we couldn't be bothered. They blocked off a spot a mile away. Oh, so literally we're in our bus, like, like pre-drinking and like putting our makeup on and shit. Then we've got to walk through fucking Philly heat. Oh my God. It's 100 degrees, just sweating all of our makeup and shit. And just people are just like, what is happening? Because we just, like, you know, we had girls with us and shit. Like, they, we just looked yeah. funny. You know what well, I mean? A bunch of vampires walking exactly. down the street in exactly. Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's sweaty vampires, nonetheless. You know what I mean? Oh like, it, I feel like vampires. Are They're melting. Get them out of exactly. the sun. Exactly. <laughs> Get them out of the sun, bro. But that, that ended, up, ended up being a really fun show, that show in Philly. Um, but back to New York, Webster Hall was super sick. Blocked off a spot right in front of the venue. Um, my aunt came out to see me. She lives in New York. She's lived in New York my whole right. life. So she came out to see me. And my uh, my cousin, who was stationed on he's on he's on, an, on a submarine, a nuclear submarine. It, it was a, an in port or whatever. And so he was just had had shore leave. And so he came out to the show and actually hung out. Was it in was that in Virginia? No, it was in New York, in City, New York City. In New York oh, City. Okay. Um, he, I don't know how close he was. I don't know if he was in New York, but he was, you know, I'm a, I have shore leave and I'm a day's train away or, you know, half a day's train away from you. The East coast is amazing because everything's connected by trains and you have major cities that you can get to, you know, on a train in an hour where like, you know, Utah, you, you got to make arrangements. You want to take a train more spread out. Yeah. Crazy. So, um, New York city was really cool. Really cool. Uh, after we played, um, played the show uh, we had this like i think the label set it up i don't remember uh it was like a party and we had like the vip section and we knew this this girl she had like bought bottle service for us so we just like had like five bottles that were just at our disposal very nice and yeah we just showed up and there were all these people like waiting to get in for us and like, pulled the bell of the road let's go We'll have lots more stories from Miles in future podcasts. Also, me and Miles will be talking about some of the shows that we've been going to in the last few months here in Salt Lake City. Talk to you about some of the local bands that you should be checking out. The next segment is my interview with Slaves back in October of 2019. Like I said, one of my best friends, Weston Richmond, plays guitar for them. And they met up with me in their green room to talk about some of the crazy venues they played all over the world. Here's my interview with Slaves. I'm sitting here with Slaves. Thanks, you guys, again for uh, doing this interview with me. I've been a fan of you guys for a long time, so it's it's really cool to to like get this interview and 
Fucking be sitting here with you guys. Fucking awesome. What uh, earlier bands have you guys been in a little bit where you guys played before? Or? Uh, this is Felipe, and I play guitar in Slaves. Um, I wasn't in a whole lot of bands before this one, but I was in uh, two. Um, the more popular one was a band called Broadway um, from uh, back of the day. They had like one cool record in 2009 that people seemed to really like, and we did a couple tours off of that. Um, and uh, yeah, that lasted for a couple of years. And then before that, I was in a, a band from my hometown in Florida. Um, and uh, that was called Pathway to Providence. And uh, yeah, that was uh, just kind of like a little local band that started to get a little traction. Kind of a funny story now. The singer is now in Palisades. Um, yeah, uh, his name is Lumicelli, but we grew up together. And uh, Colin's from the same town, so we all, all grew up playing music. Those are pretty much like the only bands that I've been in that were actually anything serious. How's it going? I'm Wes. I play guitar in Slaves as well. And uh, Casey, you obviously know the bands I've come from. I'm a local boy, so I've been in a band with you called Drawn Out the Stars. And uh, then another band called The Stranger Beside Me. But Slaves is pretty much the only one that's done internationally and, and stuff like that that's been successful. So, Hello, I'm Colin, and I play bass in Slaves. Welcome in, Zach. I played in a band called Musical Cheris before this. It was like an indie band based out of California, Sacramento. And, uh, yeah, a couple high school bands, but Slaves is uh, the first successful, I would say, uh, you know, on this level successful band that uh, that I've been in. Matthew? Hi. Hey, what's up? This is Matt. Um, yeah, I was in two bands in high school. One was called Other People. One was called Hollow Shoulder. Um, you haven't heard of them until now. And uh, then I went solo when I went to college, and now I'm back in a band. Hi, it's Zach. Um, so first ever bands that I was in, there was one called Fear the Flood that never made it out of the garage. It's fantastic. Uh, no, actually, surprisingly, we did not. <laughs> Smart one, though. Um, nice, yeah. I feel like that's just no, definitely. Well, for me then, I didn't even know what skinny jeans were, so they're just, like, baggy, either, like, athletic shorts or shorts, and everyone else is looking all, like, nice and seen, got those haircuts going and all that. Um, then I was in a, a cover band called Lars Lair. <laughs> we were great, man. Yeah. No, actually. Uh, more so Motorhead, actually. Yeah, Motorhead. I know. I, the, the front man was Lars, dude. All right, I don't know. Anyway. And then I played in a band called Day Shell for a couple years, and then uh, here I am now. So, fun stuff. One of the questions I had, did you hear, like, have you guys played in any, like, super shitty, like, DIY venues on tour that you can remember that are just like, what the hell are we doing here? Like, let me show you the roof, and it's fucking leaking, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm thinking thrills. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, so... Uh, I'll just say one. I'll save the New Zealand one for another person. But uh, there was, like, this local arcade. We come from a very small town. Um, and there was this local arcade, and there was nowhere for bands to play. So they just kind of, like, moved all the asteroid machines aside and, like, the skee-ball machines and just let us play. And the people didn't really know how to run shows. So, like, the sh I mean, the place closed down within a year. People just trashed it and, like, smoked cigarettes outside. And, like, I don't know. It was just, like... It was cool for the town just because, like, there was finally a place for bands to play, but you could clearly tell they didn't know how to run it. We didn't know how to treat it. And, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a time for sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure me and Colin and Felipe were all thinking of the same one. So, no, I was going to go with uh, 
the one in Scotland, the bar. There was like oh, okay. Dundee. Dundee, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking yeah, the the stage was wrapped around the side of a bar, so Felipe was like clear on one like <laughs> fifteen feet away from us and a railing separating him from like the whole band. Like Yeah, but that one was really shitty. Fun show still, but I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go even farther back. Uh, there is this little place called the Coffee Connection. Oh, okay. So Daytona Beach, Florida. This was like, you know, me and Felipe's local bands, and uh, any any like band from the Daytona Beach area would know what this venue was. It was literally a coffee place during the day, and like the worst music venue ever at night. And it was one of the few places to play in Daytona Beach at the time. So yeah, Coffee Connection. Also, didn't know how to be ran. Didn't have proper equipment. Um, we loved it. It was great. Um, it's a pretty good venue, but yeah, the one I just remember the one show we played. It was in some Scandinavian country that there was a there was a toilet in the shower. Thought that was kind of interesting. So yeah, yeah. Was it in? It was in Oslo or something. I don't know. Yeah, it was like so. It was just a bathroom with like a toilet in the back and then there was a shower head that was connected to the sink and yeah so like <laughs> I don't know you could multitask I guess also we have Auckland uh, New Zealand which was uh, oh Christchurch yeah it was Christchurch uh, how would I even explain this well, it was it was like a speakeasy like it was a comedy club oh yeah it was, yeah it was a comedy club that's it was what about the size of this fucking <laughs> yeah it was about the size of this green room which is very small and um, we had I, uh, our singer at the time w- yeah. had to play. Put the monitors out like eight feet from the stage and just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our singer at the time had a um, like he was just singing in the crowd, and, and I think that we could just get like the drum set on the stage, and yeah, yeah Auckland was or Christchurch was uh, never again, <laughs> never again. Sorry, Christchurch. Well, back in the day, Shell days, uh, Matt, who's in here, him and I played at this venue in Wisconsin called the Sanctuary. We had to go up four flights of stairs. No elevators to get our gear up there. No green rooms. No nothing. And it's like, so you're going from like freezing cold outside Wisconsin, maybe like 20 degrees, walking in, and the first thing that happens, you get blasted by this heater that's hitting you with like 90 degree hot, humid, gross air, and you're just carrying gear and sweating from like freezing, like right away. And it's just, I don't, I don't know, horrendous. But not a bad venue ultimately. Like. Question I had for you guys, just uh, some band influences, personal, if you guys have any of those that you can share. Uh, So, personally, uh, the band that got me into music was definitely Blink-182. Yeah, yeah, they're just, when Enema of the State came out and I listened to it, I was like, oh my god, that's that's it, that's what I want to do. since then, obviously, my musical taste has uh, grown a little bit. Uh, right now, personally, um, I'm really digging uh, the 1975. Um, a lot more pop stuff. I'm getting into a, a little bit of hip-hop. Um, and, uh, yeah, just trying to, like, branch out, try different uh, styles of music. And uh, a lot of uh, slower acoustic stuff, too, has really, been, uh, has really been speaking to me. So, yeah. All over the spectrum here. I have like shit like Thrice and Circus Survive, and then I go to like Aslay Dying, Unearth, Oh Sleeper. Then I have like Turnpike Troubadours, which is country, like just just a handful of different crap, you know? Great crap. Great crap. 
Uh, yeah, I, I guess I could say Circus Survive. Also, um, I, I really fell into the Radiohead trap for like years. Where, uh, that was like my favorite band. Muse, Silverchair, um, Awaken I Am. They, I've been listening to them a lot lately. And um, why am I blanking on their name? I listen to them 20, like all the time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Bring Me the Horizon. But that's not what I was thinking of. Sunsleep, yes. Which is Homeboy coming? Oh, sweet, cool. Uh, Devin, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, Sunsleep, Bring Me the Horizon. I've been listening to that album a lot lately. What about you, Matt? Um, I just first got into music. I was really into, yeah, Radiohead, Modest Mouse. Kind of got me into it. And then I did the solo thing. I was really into Bob Dylan and John Mayer. And then, uh, like, 2014, I got into Sempaternal by Bring Me. Saw them live, and I was and saw Issues, too. And I remember thinking, oh, man, that'd be really cool to do something like that. And it took me until 2019 to have an opportunity to kind of do something like that, which is cool. So it's been a lot of, a lot of fun. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, okay, so first when I grew up, I loved dad rock, and I still do to this day. I'm all about some Breaking Benjamin, some Shine Down, some Nickelback, bro, all of it. And then... Uh, but as of more recent, it's been more so, I guess, like, proggy kind of music, like uh, Pliny. I don't know how to pronounce his name correctly. Uh, Pliny. All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, poppy stuff, kind of like, oh, no, not like, not like poppy. All right, anyway. Uh, but no, like, more so like poppy stuff as well, like Halsey, Ed Sheeran. And uh, I don't know, some heavy stuff as well. I get into some Chelsea Grin and some, like, whatever, heavy music. I'm, I'm all over the spectrum more so as more so now than I was before so oh yeah and Dirty Loops Dirty Loops is sick after Beautiful Death and you guys are touring a little bit are you guys I heard I think it was I was watching a Facebook live thing that you guys were doing that was saying you were in the studio right now um, how's that coming and what, what are the plans for the future right now uh, yeah we uh, we actually wrapped up the studio about a month ago maybe a month and a half ago um, the record is done uh, took us a total of six weeks in Chicago, and um, essentially it was just kind of like, you know, we we felt this vibe with Matt that um, that we had to get in there and try and and see what the what the dynamic was between all of us. And I don't think any of us knew what what we were in for until we got in there. And I can honestly say it's probably the thing I'm most proud of personally, musically, that I've ever I've ever done. Um, the songs came together really well. Everybody pulled their weight. Everybody helped bring these songs to life and crafted them in a way that um, I think people are really going to enjoy and they're going to feel them the way that we feel them. And aside from that, the plans for the future are just, uh, you know, put out new music and uh, start the new era of Slaves and, uh, you know, have everybody kind of see what we're about now and uh, play more shows, play live music and move forward from there. Thank you so much for uh, giving me this interview and I'm excited for See this show, it's gonna be fucking badass. Well, that's our show for episode two. Thanks for checking it out. As usual, make sure to check out all the bands and projects mentioned in this episode, especially Vampires Everywhere. Check out some old orgy. Definitely check out my friend Slaves. We want to especially thank them for giving us an interview for our podcast. We want to thank Miles Rogers for all the hard hosting work that he does. Make sure to check out episode three of Show Stories, dropping next Friday. 
Thanks again for listening, and as always, we'll see you in the crowd. Hey, thanks for listening to Show Stories. If you play local music in Salt Lake City, or if you love all things local music and have some interesting stories to share, come sit down with Miles and Casey and be a guest on an upcoming episode of Show Stories. You can get in touch with us by email at thehivemindcollectivesslc at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at thehivemindcollc.